fair to say you simply flooded the system with money? Yes, we did. That's another way to think about it. We did. Where does it come from? Do you just print it? We print it digitally. Look at what it means. This is why I'm saying, like, this is a lie that's been purported by Walt. The lowest rates, everything gets better all of a sudden. Uh, it just doesn't work that way. What about hard work? What about it? You work hard? Gods were like 30 to 1 against me. Yeah, I mean, there are very few people that, from my neighborhood, you know, in my environment, that make it out, uh, I mean, forget about being to be successful, to make it out alive. Welcome back, everybody. This is episode 38, Top of the Top, Trading Places. It is your host here, X. And I'm here with the, with the crew. Back for more free game conversation and education. Uh, I got Sheet in the building. Sheet Stradamus. Yo, what's going on? Uh, we have Tuan in the building who has on Cartier glasses. He's really feeling himself. Cardano's really <laughs> feeling himself this week. Oh, man. Big shit talker X out here. Can't forget him. Let, 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 let me let me start off by saying like, yo, I told X about Cardano some time ago when it was like in pennies, you know, and you know he's an E fan, which is reasonable. I understand E has done some great things, but I was telling him there was other things out there that you might want to look at. One in specific was Cardano. Which, no lie, he introduced me to in, what was that, 2017? Yeah. And, I mean, now he got the egg in his face. You know what I mean? He switched from the Yankee fitted to L.A. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I was wrong, man. Look, I'll take this one on the chin. It was a 30X. 30X, I mean, we, we were talking about it. It was about three, four cents. Today, uh, about 90 cents. It got all the way up to 98 cents. Um, so, yeah, man, it's been good. If you've been on the show um, listening, and, you know, we've talked about Cardano a number of times at this point. Um, so if you took action on that, hopefully you've also taken some profits. Because the market giveth and the market taketh away. Market will humble you. Yeah. So in one way or the other. Um, and I think I got, I became overconfident, which is like a cardinal sin when it comes to investing. I got overconfident in Ethereum, which caused me to have blockers on a lot of different things. I mean, Tuan pointed out synthetics to me when it was like a dollar or two. I didn't become crazy bullish on it until it was around like eight or nine bucks. And now synthetics as of this morning, I think is hovering around 26 a piece. Yes, sir. Um, that's another that's another favorite of the show. We've talked about synthetics probably at least five, five to 10 times out they, of these 30 something episodes. And they also announced um, a new feature this week. Uh, you can now short assets in crypto um, or maybe it was like last week. So I'm just now coming around to it. But you can short assets using synthetics. And so you can take a, like an inverse uh, play, basically, right? Yeah. Uh, where it allows you to do a simple short on ETH 
um, or Bitcoin. You know, oftentimes you have people trying to find different, you know, different pathways to play with derivatives and crypto. It's still relatively new, right? Uh, Coinbase does not allow you to take out puts, you know, or, you know, call contracts on crypto. Nor does uh, Kraken or any of the any of the exchanges that have any type of U.S. presence. There's only, as of right now, there's only one, which is Ledger X, and they allow you to um, either write calls or take out a call contract on Bitcoin. I had a brief conversation with one of the team members there who said they will be rolling out options trading for Ethereum later this. Uh, later this spring so that's exciting but it's still in the early stages but you know people are always asking well oh you know bitcoin's too expensive i think it's going to go down well if you believe that then and if you're confident in that trade well then you can leverage synthetics to short it if that's the trade you want to take the only thing i'm curious about synthetics is as you know um legislation legislator legislative policies come through in terms of cryptocurrency i wonder how they're gonna like adopt to that because like you know technically synthetics can mimic everything in the market so like if they wanted to create a synthetic apple stock they could but what's stopping you know apple from being mad and being like yo we gotta shut this shit down because we're not getting our profit Yep, that's my biggest concern with synthetics is uh, how decentralized is it? Um, like we we can identify the founder, which means he can be subpoenaed and he can appear in court. Yeah. Um, and whether or not he has the power to shut the protocol down or not, I don't I don't completely know. That's part of the diligence that I have to do. Yeah. That I have to make a decision of how long I'm holding synthetics because right now I think it's going to get a lot of hype. We'll get a lot of buzz, but you have to remember this ripple case is in progress. Um, that's going to set a precedent, but you know, legal legal proceedings take time. So we don't know if that's going to end after the bull market or not. We don't know what's going to happen. I don't think there will be a catalyst for this to be an issue in the next couple of months. But in that in the interim, I'm doing diligence to figure out whether or not it's decentralized enough to survive a crackdown because. It basically allows you to invest in anything from anywhere. And in all these different countries, you have local legislation about around securities. Yeah. So that's clearly an issue. So I don't know how that's going to end up working out. It's, a, it's just, To me, it's a matter of whether or not the guy Kane can shut it down or not. Who's the founder? Yeah. Um, so... I actually think that is a bitty, pretty big risk to synthetics, but I hold it right now because I don't see this being an issue in the next couple of months. I think the funniest thing could be if it eventually gets turned over to complete AI. And so it's like, yo, you want me to shut down? I can't. Right. Like, it's a mind of its own. Like, that would be hilarious. <laughs> That's the thing. These projects are realizing you have to build towards decentralization. Um, and that's, I mean, it comes with some chaos because if you just allow everybody to do it, whatever, then people are going to misuse systems. But ultimately, I think this is what people who, you know, founded Bitcoin were striving for was an open financial system that anybody could participate in. Yeah. So, um, 
I think decentralization is a part of that in order to circumvent some of the regulatory risks that come along with being in this space. Yeah, I mean, there are definitely, I share similar concerns with you, Shade and Tuan about synthetics. Um, on the flip side, I think offering zero slippage and infinite liquidity is just like a trader's wet dream. Right. Right. Um, and if you look how large the derivatives market is for traditional equities, it starts to, you know, it gives you a little bit of an idea about how big synthetics can be. If it's oh, yeah. used as the family. It'd be top five. Right, for all derivative trading. In It'd the be top five markets. crypto. Top five crypto, trillions of dollars. You Man. Know. I, I, I read this Reddit post not too long ago, and mm. it was in like the, one of the Monero forums. And the guy was saying how like, yo, like Bitcoin is going to be for everyone that wants their transactions to be public and watch. Meanwhile, everybody else that has like the wealth and they want to move units without nobody knowing is uh going to be using Monero. And I wonder like with that, like I, it made me think like, could there be like a decentralized, like, you know, privacy network where you have similar things such as synthetics and other things running off of it. And if that is the case, like what does that look like? No, I think what you're getting at is that like this, this, Crypto is a belief system, right? It's a belief system that, you know, quite a, quite a few people um, feel that institutions are overstepping, feel that the relationship with institutions are fractured and that we would be better off having self-governed systems that were decentralized. And this is a rights issue. So if you have legislation come in and shut something down, if you have enough people with this ideology, they'll just rebuild it a different way to circumvent however you shut it down the first time. Because this is a belief system and it has network effects of more and more people sharing that belief system. And that's why this, that, this, is, that's why this industry is unstoppable. Yeah, it's, it's the new wave of finance, right? Uh, we are transitioning into an entirely different way of doing things like new rules um and and just to give you guys out there our listeners the official stat the gross market value of the derivatives of derivatives for traditional equities is 11.6 trillion and the notational value i mean the notional value is uh 558.5 trillion and for anybody out there who doesn't understand what a derivative is, it's essentially a contract between two or more parties that derives its value uh, from the performance of the underlying asset index or, you know, entity. So when people, when you're trading options contracts, that is a form of a derivative, right? If you're trading futures contract, that's a form of a derivative. You can, so, it, it's a way to get, it's a way to get financial exposure to an asset or security without owning the asset was correct go ahead to i was just about to say i feel like like in 2017 it was all about like the emergence of platforms and i feel like now in 2020 2021 it's all about like DeFi and the better platforms like whether it's going to be ethereum or dot or or Cardano, it's all about like, yo, where you can get your most profit out of with the, with the, the lowest fees. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
that's why like i don't know ethereum in many ways like yo i know it's great like and and i i see all the projects that are launching on it but it it also like scares me because it's like yo they gotta get these fees down they they gotta get the staking in line yeah. like there's so many things that they have to fix with that though i also think like yo moving forward 2025 might be all about privacy like because i feel like you're gonna have those two things under wrap you're gonna have the platforms under wrap we're gonna find out like all right who's gonna be the dominant platform we're gonna find out we already know bitcoin is king so that's that's already said and done but it's gonna be like all right now that we know what the dominant platform is like yo how do we get privacy into these types of networks and things like it, it, I, that's just a, a feeling that i have because like I don't I don't know if people gonna want like once they realize like everything is being watched on these on right. these uh on these on the blockchain so, like it's gonna so, it's gonna bring bring about certain paranoia because it's like yo why does somebody need to know that you know I use I use this to make this transaction versus this it, it, in, in a weird way it's no different from you know marketers looking up yo your credit card purchases and seeing like oh you bought this many bars of soap in a month it's an issue it's a big issue because so a couple of things on the fees the fees the, the fees matter to retail investors mm -hmm. if you are a everyday person or if you aren't trading in the tens of thousand dollars then the fees matter um but the thing is i think where we are right now in this cycle is we're getting institutional adoption so it's also possible to where there's because there's yield in these crypto markets with stable coins, there's still enough incentive for these traditional um, institutions, you know, hence Bank of New York Mellon, Deutsche Bank coming in with crypto custody plays announced. There's rumors of, you know, JP Morgan, Citibank, Goldman Sachs, and, you know, the dominoes are just falling one after the other, you know, so. I think it is clear that despite the fees, institutions still want yield because the yield curve is broken. You know, you can't you can't get an interest rate in the traditional finance system. And that's what's going to drive people to DeFi. So I think while the fees for Ethereum are clearly an issue, I, I've been talking about this issue for some time. Um, and one of the reasons I, I'm skeptical on Ethereum However, I do think that in the interim, there is still value um, and use case for these institutions to come in and get return on their stable assets. And I do think they'll do it. And I think that's partly evidenced by, if you look at Ethereum fees, users have paid $500 million so far this year in Ethereum fees. We're on track for $6 billion of fees paid um, on the Ethereum network. And there's more institutional com capital coming and they have an issue. So I, I think Ethereum can still get institutional adoption during this st stage, but eventually, like Tuan saying, we have to see what the dominant blockchain comes out. And if they don't fix this issue, a lot of that will eventually be offloaded. Yeah, um, it's something that needs to be addressed. Obviously, they need to speed up the deployment of a uh, layer two because this is going to hurt adoption of more like novel coins, like on Uniswap. Uh, a few people have been asking me about SAN, which actually has doubled this week. But 
there's very few places you can get it, right? So if you wanted to perform a, you know, five just a five thousand dollar purchase of any particular token that's on Uniswap and other decentralized exchanges, yo, your fees is gonna be over a thousand dollars, right? Which makes no fucking sense. So that hurts adoption. Oh yeah. It was better to get these types of coins back in the you know late summer, early fall, because it you know your cost basis was lower. Now, I mean, gas fees are like to do a simple swap on Uniswap right now. You're going to pay like sixty, seventy dollars. Yeah, and that shit's nuts. Yeah, like if you're trading, if you're trying, if you're trying to trade three hundred dollars, then what you need to do, you need to basically get twenty percent return versus ETH before it even makes any sense to do. Yeah. So like, that's like a non-starter. That's a non-starter unless you are trading tens of thousands of dollars. Correct. So it's, so that sucks. It's Yeah, because it's more beneficial for those who got, you know, six, seven, eight figure wallets, right? Who right. those, are, they can absorb those fees and it's like a drop in the bucket. Like I, Like I had to pay hundreds of dollars in fees to purchase sand uh full disclaimer i am a holder of sand uh sandbox game token but oh man we didn't know <laughs> no i'm just but at the same time that that had me hesitant like i didn't use uniswap for a long time because when y'all at first put me onto it i'm like these fees is ridiculous now obviously they gave everybody a free stimulus Facts. I think Bro, it's it's twenty three dollars. They gave everybody four hundred uni tokens that are now valued that are now valued at twenty three dollars a piece. So that stimulus is what. So so the, the stimulus was a total of let's do the math times four hundred. So nine thousand two hundred dollars. So they gave anybody who swapped any value on Uniswap prior to October nine the equivalent of nine thousand two hundred dollars today. Yeah. I mean, I'm using Uniswap now. I mean, hey, yo, drop another stimulus. Bro, I mean, the, the, ether- the, the Ethereum airdrops of last year, if you caught them all, it was over 100. It was over 100K that you could have gotten free shit just from being here, paying attention and active and using stuff and trying yeah, stuff. That's a fact. And, and there are still opportunities to have, like, earn free crypto. You know, Gemini has their, you know, very similar to Coinbase Earn, where you can get free crypto for doing like mini courses or watching videos. You can also go to airdrops.io yep. if you're interested in learning, you know, about more airdrops that are happening in the space, right? It's free money. I mean, obviously you have to pay taxes on it, uh, but it, it allows you to accumulate more. And there are multiple ways to accumulate crypto you could do staking. Um, and, and just to touch on the, the gas fees real quick, I found out this week that if you report it correctly, um, it could reduce your crypto tax bill. Yeah, you add it to your cost basis. Yeah, so you add it to your cost basis. I didn't even know that. Yeah, there's some software. I mean, again, this is the type of thing where it's like, if you're trading, like, if you have $1,000, this doesn't really make sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that sucks because crypto is supposed to democratize finance. It's supposed to make it accessible. 
But unfortunately, that's not where we are. And if, if the narrative picks up that that's where we are and that's the expectation of where prices are going, then I think people will be upset um, if Ethereum doesn't end up figuring this out really in probably in the next couple of months, right? Yeah. I also believe that this cycle is going to be longer than previous cycles. Like the bull cycle, I think it's going to be longer. I think it depends because what I think what you're saying right now in terms of these fees, mm-hmm. um, I think the institutional stuff on Ethereum can come on, but I, I would be interested in figuring out whether or not the fact that if if the Ethereum fees don't get resolved and that hampers user growth or wallet growth, mm-hmm. you know, um, that could potentially be an issue. And if Polkadot doesn't launch in time and properly look like what we expect it to look like and Cardano doesn't launch in time and it doesn't look like what we expect it to look like, like if that sequence of events happens, I would argue bull market over. Mm. I don't think that's going to happen. I think... I don't I either. ETH, I'm a bull, but I'm saying like that could I think, happen. I, I think ETH is going to get it together. And the interesting thing with DOT and, uh, and Cardano is both of them worked like on the, the Ethereum project. So like, I think uh, it would be nice to see all three of them get it together at the same time. Mm-hmm. And the reason why, cause like one interoperability is going to be booming. That's going to bring in a whole new bull market, bring new energy into the market that we need. But the other thing is, I think like, yo, the ability to have options, right. Like is it, it, even better in terms of um, the crypto market. Like, like, why should I just have to go to Bank of America where there's like Chase, there's Navy Federal, there's USAA? You have all these options and they give you the same thing. Like, I think like, yo, that the ability to, to give people options with different platforms with DeFi, like, man, yo, that's, that's that takes crypto to a whole nother level. And it's happening. I mean, there's yeah. demand. There's demand. And to your, to your point, I mean, the fees are clearly an issue because what we've seen is that, okay, Ethereum fees are coming in. Retail has come in. They want to speculate. They want to make money. Um, but Polkadot's not here yet. Ethereum's not here yet. And a bunch of stuff, you know, you can't really buy on the layer two stuff. So like on HoneySwap and QuickSwap, the only stuff you can really buy on there, you can trade on a centralized exchange. So it doesn't really matter unless you're like super into the idea of being decentralized. But like I, I'm I'm sort of softened on that also. But what you've seen people want to do is they're going to Binance Smart Chain. So even though, so people clearly don't care that that much about decentralization because you've seen things like pancake swap explode. Yo, what what exactly is pancake swap? It's um, Uniswap on Binance. Gotcha. <laughs> So it's just a clone. It's a clone. With lower fees. With lower fees. Oh. And high returns, like very high returns. Really? But you only, you can only trade by the Binance ecosystem. So like you can't trade synthetics over there. You They have a version of synthetics, but it's a whole different ecosystem. And because of the fees, you see in a lot of retail rush over there. Well, they have... And I, I will say this, um, the Binance chain was kind of smart because I think they started thinking about interoperability before a lot of other people. For example, I was into Loki, which is now, I think it's called Oxen. 
Yeah. It's like a privacy coin slash network. Originally, Loki was on the Ethereum. It was an ERC-20 token. Yeah. But Binance, they figure out a way to, you know, make it interoperable with the Binance chain. So, like, you can exchange your Loki token for, I mean, ERC-20 token for the Binance version. And it was no fees. It was like, if it was a fee, it was, like, super low. Yeah. Like, oh. and they, they will probably they start doing that, reserves. rolling that out for other things. That's what, that's what, it, they have the reserves. They have a natural bridge because they have the exchange. I'm just realizing that you can, they have a natural bridge because people are trading Ethereum on their platform. So they always have reserves in ETH. Yo, so can you get Pancake Swap on uh, Binance US? No, it's it's a it's an app. No, I mean, can you buy the token on Binance? Oh, oh, I got you. I don't think so. Gotcha. I don't. I actually don't know. I mean, I'm looking at no, no, you can't. Okay, I'll tell you. It said seven dollars, and it was at the all-time low was 19 cents in November of 2020. I mean, the real hey man, it, it's been a lot out the U.S. Man, like honestly, through FTX and regular Binance, that's where you can really run the bag up. Yeah. And I'm curious as to why they don't allow that level of innovation. It's coming, man. Uh, here it's in coming. the U.S., it's coming. Like, the like banks, the, fact- the banks are getting into crypto. Miami put Miami, <laughs> the city of Miami, put Bitcoin in the treasury, which is nuts, right? Apple, um, BitPay, I think, has something now with Apple where now yeah, you with can, Apple Pay. Hey, where you can use your crypto for Apple. Bro, like the shit, the, the, the adoption is happening so fast. Adoption is here. She's your dominant. I'd be surprised if, uh, if Miami becomes that new place for, for new crypto startups. Absolutely. Like already, it, 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 when you think of it, like Florida, like taxes was what? Like income taxes, like super low. It's zero. Zero. So, so in Florida, in Florida, state income tax is zero percent. In in California, if you are a millionaire, it's thirteen point nine percent. So, what's happening is a lot of millionaire VCs who used to be in the Bay Area, especially the ones in crypto, they're moving to Austin and Miami because it's zero percent income taxes. If I'm paying a million, if I make a million dollars, that's one hundred forty k right there, back in my pocket. Right. And then on top of that, in Florida, if you have uh, a home, if you have one animal on your home, you pay no property taxes either. So, yeah, everybody's going to everybody's wait, in Miami wait, wait, wait. right now. Time out. You say if you have one animal on your property, you don't pay property taxes. Yeah. So, so in Florida, you can go no state income tax, no state income tax, no property tax. No, not a dog. You have to get like a pig or a goat or something like that. I don't give a fuck. I get a but eye. one, one, you get Alligator one like baby. You get one. <laughs> no, no income tax, no property tax. So yeah. all the all the rich people moving down to Miami. I think even if you're not super rich, it it doesn't make any sense to be in California right now. Hell. You know what this does though, politically. And and yo, the other state you gotta watch out for. No lie, don't don't sleep on it. Wyoming. Yeah. Well, yeah, we already know that's been the hedge fund uh, secret for for years that you go spend but, six months, six months in a day in Wyoming to benefit. But you know what this, you know what this is gonna do politically? It's gonna shift these states. It is. 
wealthy people, they're not going to want like all this ignorant SHIT around them. And the reason why is it's bad for business. That's a fact. You're going to, and which is, which is why I believe that Texas will flip blue in 2024. We already seen Georgia flip blue because you had a lot of people from the Northeast move down to Atlanta uh, or, or from California. And we also see that migration of both technical talent and um, just just a, a shift in where capital is being distributed from, right? There was a point in time where the belief was, well, if you wanted to be successful in crypto or tech, you had to be in the Bay Area. That's no longer true. And to be quite frank, that hasn't been the case for quite for quite some time. Crypto. Yeah. I mean, my, I was talking to my homeboy from Tennessee, and he was saying like, here's the interesting thing about like the South and. You know, he was talking from the perspective of Tennessee in general. He's a Howard graduate. He said, in Tennessee, like, when you come back from, like, like any university, especially, like, uh, I mean, for him, being an HBCU, is like, you look extremely competitive in comparison to everyone else. Like, it's like, yo, I, if I was to get, like, a master's in public policy, there's no reason why I can't go into city government and dominate. Even if the master's in public policy is from a university like any university and the reason why he was saying that was because like already down there you know it was a good old boy system so like a lot of those people did not have those degrees yeah. did not have uh that type of experience coming into those jobs so it was like damn like yo doesn't matter even even i mean i'm sure race does matter a little bit but he was saying like yo if he goes down there a black guy graduate from howard masters in public policy from anywhere like yo He's competitive with everyone else down there because a lot of people don't have it. That's also going to shift a lot of these like these rural areas that didn't have that type of talent because a lot of these talents was packed up in certain cities like San Francisco or New York or Chicago. And crazy enough, it feels like uh, we call it might have disrupted it. COVID. Yeah, because they were all all these talented people were sitting there working their ass off and struggling to pay rent. Yeah, paying for five thousand dollar one bedrooms in Oakland. Yeah, it's student loans, which is just does it. It doesn't make model. Yeah, it's a broken model. It doesn't really make sense. And I like I like the moves that the Miami mayor um, is making. I've heard some good things about him from some people that had the opportunity to sit down with him and understand, you know, his his thinking and what he's trying to do to make Miami that new capital where technologists or you know cryptographers and anyone that's remotely interested in the space can benefit right and have um that that pool of people around you right because it doesn't make sense to be somewhere where no one is interested in it right but if you do a crypto meetup i remember going to crypto meetups a few years ago maybe be 20 people there <laughs> 15 people there and then as time went on, I started going to certain meetups because I'm looking to learn. And there's hundreds of people, literally hundreds. And they're all tapped in because they see the shift that's happening right before our eyes. Oh, and, and quickly, speaking of taxes, if you, if you want a burdensome freeway of um, doing your taxes for crypto, check out a coin tracker. We have no type of official sponsorship with them or whatnot but 
their cool little platform. They sync up with all your uh, your exchanges in your wallets, and they perform, you know, uh, a document that they prepared for TurboTax. So check that out. Um, and also what? make sure to include your gas fees. Yeah, one thing to think about with those platforms is, uh, remember, in crypto, we're experimenting, mm-hmm. right? This is all happening for the first time. Blockchain transactions are final. So when you share your data to all your wallets with uh, a coin tax tracking firm yeah. that has less than $5 million of venture funding, understand their fucking hack target. Um, so you might want to have another wallet that after you run everything, yeah. you sort of disperse the funds because we don't know what's going to happen. We don't. This is all uh, this is all experimental and all these risks um, we we can't even imagine. Right. But the 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 gains are way too um, are way too apparent and way too high not to participate. But just think. You know, think like, do you really want to give that data to this little company? It's true. Um, And if if you do, and if you do that, then what are the next steps you're going to take to protect yourself? Right. And I'm willing to bet a a good chunk of people still haven't put their, um, their holdings on a cold storage wallet. Friend of mine told me he had bought $50,000 worth of uh, crypto this week on Robinhood and almost had a fucking heart attack. Oh, wow. I said, you did what? <laughs> Yo, get get out of that. You know, like sell those holdings right now. Go buy that on a real exchange. Then you need to get you a nano ledger. And you need to transfer. If you got, if you are making those type of purchases of that type of size, the last place you want to have that concentrated is in Robinhood. Because Robinhood doesn't give you your own wallet address to take that off. Same thing with PayPal. So, I, you, of course, these platforms are driving adoption of cryptocurrency, especially PayPal. Um, we were right along, right. We were right the whole way about PayPal being a crypto adjacent trade, because when we talked about it in November, when they had just made that announcement, they were trading under two hundred dollars. Uh, they closed out yesterday, right at three hundred. Man, some some of the more interesting crypto adjacent plays are to come, man. Like, I mean, the blockchain, the, uh, Coinbase talking about going public, Gemini's talking about going public. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Ledger or uh, or, or was it Trezor go public. I mean, Riot Blockchain, Marathon, um, uh, what's the Marathon Group? They also went crazy this week in, in traditional equities markets. So we're not talking about like crypto tokens, y'all. Um, those are miners for people who don't know. Right, right. So you have these like crypto miners that are booming. For what I understand, the Coinbase um, going public is imminent. Uh, I think the the listing is supposed to take place within the next three weeks. They're doing a direct listing. Yeah. So, yeah, it's massive. So the institutions are here. Grayscale continues to buy up a shit ton of Bitcoin. They continue to buy up a shit ton of Ethereum, and then we saw some some filings in, in the state of Delaware. Now, this is not to say that these products are coming, but we saw some filings, you know, in the state of Delaware this week for the Monero. They have Monero Trust. They have an Ave Trust that they want to um, do, a synthetic trust, mm-hmm. Decentraland. What's your thoughts on this? 
yo, Monero Trust, you know I love it. But I think the problem is like, yo, I think I've had this conversation with you, X. Like, yo, buying certain things on on Binance was an error. And I feel like that error is over. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, yo, it's been good, man. So hard to say goodbye to yesterday. <laughs> like for real. 2017 was a vibe, <laughs> though. Let me tell you something, man. We yeah. will never get those days back. Them days are gone. Granted, we got cracking, but cracking ain't the same. Like I you can yeah, not even cracking. cracking. Right. Not even cracking is the same. Cracking used to be the wild, wild west. Cracking, yeah. bit tracks, binance. But look, this is what happens. This is what comes with the maturity of the space. You know what I mean? Like. But but that, going back to my point about like this Monero trust and stuff like that, like it, it, it's gonna be unfortunate that like it's gonna be very difficult for everyday people to get into Monero because they don't even know where to get it. It's not on just it's not on a Coinbase. It's not on a Gemini. Like you have to, yeah, you gotta go to Kraken. Like which a lot a lot of some a lot of people know about, but a lot of people don't. And then you gotta like explore other options, like. Speaking of Monero, they had a nice little bump this week. Yeah, I saw it, man. They were ranging for weeks on end between that, like, 130, 145 range. Uh, And then they popped this week. I'm not entirely sure why. I'm not sure if they got added to a new exchange or or what. But it did catch my attention. Was it the Grayscale news that you just talked about? I think it was a mixture of that. And then, like, yo... The Monero army was going at Elon Musk. Was like, "Yo, you need to start taking Monero for uh, the Teslas." <laughs> yeah, I mean, over the over the past uh, seven days, it's up forty one percent. Right now, it's trading at two eighteen thirty five. I mean, should we do that? Should we go over some of the show favorites that we've mentioned and uh, just highlight some of the gains? Yeah. Have we have we have we done that before? Like, no, have we really done that before? We I feel like that's like a New Year's thing. Like, but well, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna bring in a crypto New Year's <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, I mean, Poker Starter we introduced at twenty cents back in uh, back in November. Where's it at? It's at about four dollars. So that's a twenty x. That's a twenty x in three months. Oh, Ave was still Lincoin when we when we introduced it. That, oh man, we was talking about Ave back in June. Yeah, July. Shout out to the boy for introducing us to that one. Yo, for real, because I didn't. I had no idea about it. Well, I knew about Lind, but I didn't know that they was preparing to go to Ave. They got a banking charter. Ave's above mm-hmm. four hundred, five hundred. Could possibly go to a thousand and cycle. I mean, there's some. I mean, we got some plays. Bitcoin. Bitcoin. <laughs> the blue chip Bitcoin. You know, we're talking about um, that when was that what? 8K, 10K? Lower than that. No, because, lower than that. 5K. Yeah, because we started in like what May? Yeah. ETH was ETH was like two hundred dollars. Yes, for for quite oh, some maybe time. like four hundred. Maybe I'm I'm, I'm exaggerating. Uh, no, nah, it was around that three hundred dollar so, range for so, a minute. So so that's a good point, right? So we talked about all of these things weighed in. I think we started the show like beginning of May because we had a lot of conviction. We wanted people to get in. And I think we still feel the same. But um, from my perspective, I do want to acknowledge that the market is a lot hotter. Yeah. And the risk reward from when we started the show is a lot different. 
gets lower. Yeah. I mean, Bitcoin has 5x, Cardano has 30x, Pokestarter has 20x. So understand that, you know, um, the market looks a little different and there's no time like today to get started. But you should understand that the risk reward is not quite the same. So I don't have the same level of enthusiasm baptizing people into crypto today than I had (laughs) last summer. Yeah. No, I remember we was going around just looking like crazy people, just talking to everybody that we could, like just opportunities on the horizon. Right. And you know, the, the, the classic argument up until a couple of months ago was, well, then they go from 20K to 3K, like everything's cyclical. You know what I mean? Um, right. Not only that, man, how could you just ignore the moves that's being made in this space by the big boys, right? Mm. We just a week ago, we was talking about how there was going to be a major institutional announcement for Bitcoin coming in the next few weeks. We wake up Monday morning and we find out that Elon Musk, you know, a.k.a. the Tesla big stepper. Use one point five billion of their cash reserves into Bitcoin. Yo, you want to hear something crazy? Uh, when I was at the University of Baltimore, um, one of my classmates, he was like, yo, I don't know about you know, we call it like Ethereum. Cause I, at that time, like I was big on ETH. I was like, and this was, this might've been like January or February of uh, 2020. Yeah. So last year, a year ago. Year ago. Yeah. I was like, look, man, I'll give you $50 in ETH. I bet you this shit will like, you know, maybe 10 X by the time. <laughs> yeah. I, remember, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, I gave him like $50 to eat, right? This is what ETH was like $200. So, right. And like, he hit me up with ETH cross a thousand. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yo, like, I'm locked out of my, my wallet. I can't get it. And I was like, try to, to- tell you. Try to tell you, man. Yeah, but you gotta, but you know, sometimes people are being directed into the wrong things. Uh, Dogecoin must die. Doji must die. This week, I got a number of different texts, calls, people telling me that, you know, they've been loading up on crypto and they're just so excited. Um, and, I, you know, when I asked him, I'm like, oh, man, that's, that's like really great. Like, what are you in? And some of these people were like in person. So they'll show me, of course, their Robin Hood app. And they would have a very large doji position. And it doesn't fucking help. And, and I kid you not, right hand of God, I asked one of them, why did you go on a doji? Just tell me why. He says, well, the, the rocket guy, the wealthiest man in the world, he's, he's going around talking about doji. So I can't be wrong, right? But did you hear what he said in terms of his comment on doji? I heard it. I Look, I heard what he said. He, he basically a, said, he like, yo, Dogecoin was a meme, and I find it funny that a meme coin could take over. Listen, man. Why are well, yo, man? Why are people look, taking this, this guy seriously? He's a joker. Look, he likes to troll. He, he's a he likes to yo. Perfect but, example. But the thing if is, you to, if you go to Tesla's website, you know he said. A while back, he was like, yo, I want to make my car sexy, right? Yeah. And if you go to Tesla's website, there's the Tesla S, there's the Tesla E, 
<laughs> the Tessa X. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I, I, look, I get all that, and I, and I think the movie made this week uh, was very significant. I do believe a lot of corporations is going to follow, but at the same time, man, you got people who really believe they're going to become millionaires, and maybe there have been some people who've pulled off this trade, but there are average people who truly believe in this dog. It got. Dog and they got this dog and rockets and I'm sick of it. Uh, look at this. What? It, well, what? oh, you can't see. You can't see it. Model, model E. I mean, yeah, model yeah. three, right? S X Y. All right. Well, this dude is a joker, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the thing is, though. All right. So on this, it helps with crypto adoption. No, I mean on the Doji Coin thing. People are going to lose money on this probably, but then again, how long can the memes continue? They can probably continue for a while, right? Yeah, man. This is my people just keep making memes. You know what this reminds me of? There was a there was a time in rap where like people like yo your your street your street your writing your lyrics and your street credibility meant the world, right? Mm -hmm. And then everything changed. I felt like when Meek Mills got flamed by memes from Drake. Mm. Like, this is what it feels like, yo. Like, people is not Meme taking this business over. seriously. Like. It's true. They're not taking, they're not taking investing serious. Um, I continue to see, uh, you know, stories. No disrespect to Drake. No disrespect to Meek Mills. But it was just interesting during that beef that, like, yo, like, it was the first time I seen a bunch of memes geared towards a rapper. Like, if you want to go back, the first meme we saw on rap was with Jay-Z in the Summer Jam stage. Mm -hmm. But memes weren't in existence back then. Right. Like, these are memes about a rapper. And like, that was a in rapper 20... from the streets. <laughs> right. And, and it's clown behavior. But we saw, it, that was in 2015. And then we seen meme permeate and take over politics. And now we're seeing memes seep through the financial markets and take over the stock market. Yeah. Yo, not for nothing, Wall Street bets. A lot of them are meme stocks. I've now started to hear people on uh, Cartoon Business Network talking about meme stocks. Like dedicated entire segments <laughs> to what's the hottest meme stock this week, which is why I think that, that channel's a fucking joke. But I mean, it's the reality of where we are because I think what we're realizing is that, I mean... Now we're realizing, I think people have known this, but what's becoming more apparent is that money and value is all made up. It's, it's all made up. So it's really just a network. And now we have these social networks. So the rapid growth of how fast a message or a belief into something can accelerate through a social network yeah. hasn't really been seen before. And I don't think Doge has any value, but it's a matter of like, well, as long as people are interested in crypto and as long as TikTok is growing and as long as, you know, people in the community are posting memes of Doge going to the selling, as long as there's more people dumb enough to buy it, it'll continue until it doesn't. Yeah. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, people have to be responsible. Elon Musk has come out and said, I think it's funny. If you can't put the pieces together, that sucks. You should yeah. spend some more time educating yourself. That's why I put the uh, Crypto Essentials course for be beginners. So, um... Go get that. 
Go get it. We'll add a link in the buy. We'll add a, uh, the link in the notes in the show notes. You can check it out. Yeah. Uh, I I look at Doji Coin in the same. I put it in the same light as Ripple, man. Clown coins, man. So we call them from here on out. I don't even want to mention them by name. They they clown tokens. They clown coins. Um, with no value. The, the founder was in um the creator was in Wall uh, Wall Street Journal again this week. It was like yo, it's absurd. I sold Doji coin is a fad, man. It's, it's no difference from planking, taking the pictures of somebody planking on something. He yeah. said he it's said a he stupid sold, ass fad. Yeah, <laughs> he sold majority of his holdings to buy a used Honda Accord back in 2015. He's like, I can't believe it's, it's come to this. <laughs> like, are you fucking kidding me, man? Like, it made it to number seven at the peak. Number seven crypto. It was like ten billion dollars. Is it? Hold up, let me check. Where is Doji? I'm just. Wait, wait, where is Doji? Doji must. Die. You guys want something cheap to go after, man? Go, go after Stella. Stella. Go Stella after Stella. Got Stella got her groove back. Stella go got her groove back this week. She hit sixty cents. On that ass. Yo, we talked about Stella too. Remember, we was talking about Stella when it was six, seven, eight cents. Yeah, yeah. Man, I'm not gonna lie. I I started exploring some of Stella's like other exchanges slash wallets. Like they got a wallet called Bobster. They got a, a wallet, I think it's called Stella X. Yeah. And like when I saw that, um, I think it was on Stella X that it was like stellar to gold so like you could buy a token that represents gold i was like yo they're on to something interesting and like with the website granted you can't buy it in the u.s i think it's only it's outside the u.s you could do it but on the website you can exchange your stellar for gold like if you wanted to exchange that token for real gold you could it's like yo that's that's different I know one thing. I'm I'm uh, sick of hearing about Doji Coin. Yeah, man. Uh, over it. It must die. Take the dog out behind the shed. It's it's dog shit. <laughs> you know the the logo is a dog and it's a dog shit coin. That's what I'm gonna call it. I'm gonna call it dog shit. Yeah, you invested in dog shit. Uh, quick shout out. I want to shout out uh, Jack Dorsey and Ho for starting the Bitcoin fund. Um. They have announced this initiative, and it's it's mostly geared towards Africa, which I thought was very interesting. Yeah, you know, I'm telling you, man, that title move is about to be crazy. I have a feeling, man. It's coming. Yeah, it's coming, man. And the thing is, the culture culture in Africa, like because of the phones, bro. Yeah. Like it's a lot of young people with phones. The hip hop culture is like really spreading over there. Yeah, that's true. That that's true. Uh, Dorsey announced that they were taking applications for a blind uh, trust focused on Africa and India, and the the fund will, is currently worth twenty three million dollars. So both him and Jay Z invested five hundred. Yeah, you know they put together five hundred Bitcoin into the project, which will probably be worth double. See, you know, at one point, and, and Jay Z's smart man. I feel like these African moves Jay Z's been doing over a, a course of time. First, with you know that whole movement he had in the early two thousands, was it yeah. building wells in Africa? Then, like with with him Beyonce doing stuff with schools, and then like what was it like last year or two years ago with the Blackest King? Like he's slowly like moving into not just music but other business ventures in Africa because he realizes like what everyone else sees 
which is like, yo, the untapped potential. Oh, that's a fact. Yeah, Jay Z's a mogul. What do do we believe that we'll see Acon coin? Was it Acoin start to rise in value because you know because of more focus on cryptocurrency over in Africa? Maybe. Probably. Yeah. Probably. Yo, I here's the thing. Even if it doesn't like rise like in price, if it's a success locally, that means a lot. Because mm-hmm. that that means like people will look at that and be like, yo. A- Acoin was successful over here. Like now, we need to figure out how to penetrate these other markets. Like, I mean, even if you don't, the growth of the countries. These are these are places that are going to grow. Yeah, the demographics are just too good. The demographics and the technology um, that now exists to build the infrastructure that's needed. It's too good. Not only that, it, in, in many ways, Africa's in a good space too. Because like, like I feel like in America, like. You know, we have to go through all of these legislative loopholes just to get like new things going in our country, right? Whereas, like with Africa, like they don't have some of those like uh, those legislative like problems, nor they don't have that technology. So it's not like they have to rip up existing technology to to bring in a new one. It's like, yo, you just bring in a new one. Like, what do you have to lose? Yeah. Well. It's something I'm going to continue to monitor uh, because I didn't even know if, you know, when we when we think about hip hop and crypto, I think about Nipsey, uh, rest in peace to that brother. But we really haven't seen that level of advocacy that he brought and attention that he brought to his culture uh, when it comes to crypto. Obviously, you got Meek Mill talking about Bitcoin now, uh, you know, Pomp is on Joe Button podcast. So we start we starting to see the cross breeding, but it's, it's not all the way there yet. Uh, I think we have a long way to go, but I saw that news and you I, see Lindsay Lohan was pumping Tron. Are you serious? Yeah, bro. Full blown crypto bull market. So she was like, I just used Just Swap and it was low fees and <laughs> and then he responded like thumbs up, send me your address, I'll send see, you this, something. This is what scares me. This is when I say like have we, that's what I'm saying. That's why, close I made, to the top? that's why I made the comment about my conviction and baptizing people into crypto right now. I want to I want to help people understand why this is important and why you need to educate yourself. Yeah. Uh, but if you have a like a thousand dollars, a couple thousand dollars, I would recommend spending more time in the educational piece mm-hmm. um, rather than just like jumping in here first year. Yeah, it's uh, it's a little tricky, man. Like it right is. now, it's a little tricky. Obviously, we see the announcement of um, we saw we saw the announcement B Y N Mellon, B N Y Mellon, Bank of New York is going to be offering going to be offering um, custody for crypto. The thing oh. is, um, I think that goes against what crypto why it was created and what it stands for. Yeah, but for, for for some people that are that have like reserves about crypto and don't understand it, they're gonna pay for that, that service. Like, yo, in many ways, like yo, what we give out here is a service. Like, cause we're we're telling people about about projects way before like they're gonna hear it from anyone else. Yeah. And I mean like I I, I think I think it's a smart move 
do I think it's going to last long? Like, possibly not, especially once people become more educated about crypto and crypto becomes more mainstream. But by that time, I, and I think I said this before, like, I could see some of these big banks trying to buy out some of these exchanges. Well, like, oh, you know, Binance bought to you by Chase. Well, this custody move isn't necessarily for retail. This isn't, this is for hedge funds. This is the custody move. The reason Bank of New York Mellon and um, Deutsche Bank, the reason they get into crypto custody is because people want to speculate on the assets. They have, they have investors who are customers, you know, like, so your institutional investors who want to invest in crypto, they want to take positions, but they don't want to go through the trouble of setting up, learning how to use cold wallets, multi-sig, all of this crypto jargon. They don't want to figure out how to operationalize all of that right now. Yeah. Um, now, if they get a lot of money and then it makes sense to bring it in-house, then maybe some of that does get cleaned up. But uh, I just want to make it clear, these announcements, these aren't for you. These aren't for me. You know, this is, this is for... Bridgewater Capital. This is for hedge funds and institutional grade capital. Wow. And Deutsche that's Bank, who they're setting this up for. Right. Deutsche Bank also announced they're going to be offering custody in a trading platform. So you're right. This is geared for the institutions who want to de-risk, you know, um, their risk as much as possible. They've been waiting for these types of regulations and new products. It puts them more at ease because they're dealing with ultra high net worth individuals. So I get it. Yeah, they don't want to deal with their private keys. They don't. It's like, okay, I'm 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 plunging into crypto and I'm willing to put hundreds of millions of dollars in it. And you're telling me that if I lose this 24 word phrase, you know, like if something happens, I'm responsible and nothing can be done about it. Yeah, that that's not settling. So. They'll take the same approach that they took, you know, in the traditional market and they'll use a prime broker. And that's what this is about. Uh, mm. I, I think for the little guy here, I would not trust my crypto with the bank, right? Fuck that. But I understand at the same time, I, I get why they're doing this and I get who the product is ultimately geared for. Uh, this week, we saw record-breaking numbers in virtual real estate land across the board. Uh, Axie land, which is one of the games that's built on top of the Ethereum blockchain. Uh, there were some parcels of land that went for 1.5 million, believe it or not. Uh, we also saw Sandbox conduct a auction of six, you know, rare estates in collaboration with Coin Market Cap, and the highest sell that we saw there, which in this auction just ended, by the way, um, it went for north of forty thousand, which is nuts to think about, but. We saw a couple of these virtual lands move for record numbers. How are y'all feeling about this? Obviously, I'm super excited about this space. Uh, Been watching it heavily over the past couple of months, but it appears that we're starting to see the rise of 
digital nations. And more and more as these young these young kids get immersed in these virtual worlds, and then we saw we we, we see better technology ushered in around virtual and augmented reality, I think adoption starts to kick up. The everyday common man probably has no clue what a what a nifty is or that virtual real estate even exists or that you see these type of estate sales happening of this magnitude. But it is starting to catch on a little bit. We saw Chamath mention yesterday on Bloomberg that he started to amass a significant NFT portfolio, which he will publish to the public in the coming weeks or next month or so. Is this a fad or is this here to stay? I, I think in some ways it is here to stay, but I, but I also can understand the arguments of someone who has some hesitancy. And I know a week ago we were talking about NBA Top Shop, but both Twan and I has found out some real disturbing things about NBA Top Shop. So for anybody out there who has been, rem- you know, even kind of looking at this space, we, we find out on NBA Top Shop, you can buy a moment that you don't own and they can seize it from you and not give you your money back. You can't transfer it into like, a, you know, a cold storage wallet or a Coinbase wallet to store your collectibles. So technically it's not yours if it stays in that marketplace. So now I'm really trying to figure out what's the value because you can't seize my physical trading cards, sports trading cards, but you can seize my top shot. Because you feel as if I used a bot. That's what happened to a user. They thought he used a bot to purchase a moment. So they took all of the moments that he's purchased in the past, which was north, which was north of six figures. And they said this decision is final. What's your thoughts? Hmm. So um I like to start off by saying like I love I love this. I love this. And the reason why, because, like, at heart, like, at my kid heart, I'm a science fiction fan, right? I grew up reading, like, Octavia Butler and, you know, watching Star Trek and Star Wars and, you know, was it uh, Twilight Zone, all that stuff. So, you know, I'm a fan. I think, like, uh, I think back to, like, there was this time, like, I think me and you, X and I, went to a party. In Brooklyn, I was talking to somebody and he was like a, a television producer. And he was saying, like, when he spoke to X, because at the time X was working for like some, I don't know, some some firm in 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 the Bay. I forgot what it was. Yeah. And Homeboy was like, yo, like, it's important that you see black people in technology, and it's important that you see black people in sci-fi. And the reason why, like, it was like having people of color in sci-fi shows like people of color have a future in this world because sci-fi is about the future. And seeing these steps towards like, you know, these digital assets and digital worlds and the development of these digital worlds are very interesting because these are things that people were talking about in science fiction years ago. You know what I mean? Um, Whether through television or, you know, through books and literature. So like, it's an exciting thing for me to see. Granted, and I say granted, I have some hesitance with with these digital worlds because there's a couple of things that like make me scared, right? 
one, how people are going to be socializing once these digital worlds take off. Like, are, are, you know, is face-to-face in person ever going to be the same? May not be. One, because of COVID, but two, you know, people are learning to socialize differently through the internet. So, I don't know. That's just my two cents. Yeah. I, uh, so, I like you, like you and X, this is something that I think is exciting because I do believe we're moving to, a, to more digital worlds where people will spend more and more time online. Um, however, the technology for people to really, really do that and the ecosystems for people to really, really do that aren't really here and established just yet. And what I mean by that is the networks of where the networks where these digital assets are important are not clearly established for them to maintain value. So my sort of question, I guess, to X is more so, you know, how uh, how is this going to be protected? You know, how is how are the assets that you're buying in whatever ecosystem you're in? Metaverse. How's it go- well, hold on. how you said by the metaverse. Okay. So that's the superverse sort of thing. But does what what metaverse is really is exists? Is it decentralized that you're talking about? Uh no, it's I mean, there's multiple the, at this point. You have decentralized, you have sandbox, uh-huh. you have axie affinity, you have crypto voxels. So can you explain uh, to us how these metaverse so in these metaverses, what does that entail? Like what's all this in the metaverse? Right. So there's a finite amount of land that's available in these metaverses, right? Mm-hmm. So let's think of your favorite game when you were a kid, like Zelda or um, what's another one? Um, Mario. Super Mario. Super, yeah, so, Mario. so let's lose yeah. Super Mario. So let's say you had an opportunity to own a piece of that game, right? And, and not of Nintendo itself, the company, right. but you own the place where you have to, and back then, this wasn't a thing, so in-game purchases. Let's take 2K, for example. This is actually better because they're conditioning people for this. People are spending real bread to go buy, you know, VC, which is virtual currency. They, they, is right. what they call it in 2K. So you can go buy 200000 worth of virtual currency, and then you can go get a Crenshaw Marathon clothing shirt for your my player, you can go buy exclusive sneakers and whatnot. And now in the next gen version, you can go around this like this thing what they call a city, right? And you could actually place bets on different outcomes within 2K this year. There's also conditioning people for gambling, you know, for what's to come with you know these uh, betting kiosks, what have you. Now imagine if you owned a piece of that strip of that street that's in 2K. And you get paid every time somebody uses that ATM. That's where the real value is. No, so I I understand the value, right? I understand where it can go. My question is, when you're buying that stuff now, is it established that that's what you're buying? Yes, it is. It is established that that's what you're buying. You're buying the land and you're building experiences on top of it or you're renting it to people who build experiences on top of it and you could take a cut. So, So... so it's a land grab. It's literally a land grab that's happening. I do have a question about this. Uh, and sorry to interrupt, Rashid. No, no. What do you think? So, like, do, you, do these worlds communicate yet? 
because that's when it could get crazy. What do you mean, like, do people in can, can I buy land the metaverses? And, yeah, between the metaverses, can I buy land and sand and communicate with Etherland? Like, uh, no, not is yet. it like Xbox and PlayStation Five? No, not no. it's it's they're the, they're their own worlds. So if so, you buy land with if you buy land in Axie Land and Axie Affinity, <laughs> if you buy land in Axie Affinity and you buy land in Sandbox, you're buying you know, a piece of a parcel, a real piece of real virtual real estate in those games. So you're making a couple bets when you do that. You're making a bet on the competitive positioning of that metaverse and how Correct. it's gonna grow. Correct. And gain network effects and adoption. And then within it, you're making a bet within the things that can be built within the game and have value. That's, that's a, a com- that's a relatively complex analysis for people to do but if you were specializing in something that's probably something where there's actually steps to value stuff oh yeah there's there's a real opportunity there's there's actually quantitative you can actually do the math if you're ta- if you're plugged in I, I was reading an interview with a guy who's in real estate in in the real world <laughs> you know out in spain he yeah. started accumulating land inside a sandbox and i and i get it and i'm very bullish on the sandbox they're already over a million um, active users, players per month, right? For an Ethereum blockchain game, which is big. This guy bought a piece of real estate and I sent this article out to y'all. Um, but if you haven't read it, this guy bought a piece of virtual real estate at the time. That was $15,000. He got an offer for this piece of real estate six months later for $200,000. And if you do the math, it's scarce, right? So it's, it's simple math here. Like, it's like Bitcoin with yeah. 21 million. So we are in the very early days of this, but I do believe that NFTs are the next frontier of yeah. these assets. You feel me? You sort of need I'm, to be specialized. You sort of need to have a fund. This, bro, we need to start a fund. Yeah. We need to start a fund doing this because... Nah, I, I, We'll talk offline about this. We're going to yeah. talk offline. <laughs> but I, I was... This I, is worth full-time I attention. I needed this to talk to you about this, but um, they're actually... We're going to talk offline. That's no, all I got to say. We're going to talk offline. That's uh, Because there's, there is someone that we know who wants to support this initiative. And that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah, bro. We, um, we need to get but it's it's. I'm just it's, realizing this is quantifiable. This is very quantifiable. If you if you understand the competitive landscape, the teams, the growth trajectories, how they're building stuff out, then you go from that step to valuing, you know, what sort of cash flow, how, how many customer, like how many dollars per user, you know, what are people sort of tending to spend on? Like, you can actually get to relatively clear answers. Um, it's hard. It, it's hard work, but it, it's, it's hard, hard work. work. It's worth it. But, but yeah, yeah, it. you you can actually develop it. And I see the like value that. right now, and I and it's why I've become more and more bullish each week. Spending time talking to people, um, in these you know these different teams, understanding what they're looking for, understanding how they're valuing these assets within these worlds. There's a real art to it. We do need to start a fund. But we were not. Yeah. We're not going. Yeah, we're not there yet. So, so I'm gonna take my <laughs> own advice to the listeners, and I'm gonna stay in the educational mode for for a few months. You know, so um, I'm gonna I'm gonna spend some time really educating myself on this space because this is gonna take some time. 
and I'm not yeah. going to invest. So for all the listeners, I'm going to go ahead and uh, take my own medicine and I'm not going to FOMO in yeah. and throw money into digital real estate. I'm going I'm to spend a couple months educating myself to yeah. figure out what's really going on here. I just encourage. It sounds I, good. I encourage people out there to get educated on it because it's given me early early crypto day vibes of 2012, 2013, when I was learning about Bitcoin, where it seemed like it was a subculture, it was underground. Yeah, people were talking about it, but it really hadn't, it wasn't nowhere close to make it into the mainstream conversation. Mm. Like the first real bull run of mm. crypto was in late December, 2013. And at that mm. time, the all time high of Bitcoin was around $1,100. That was like a big thing at one point, believe it or not, for people who, who haven't been studying this space for as long. And when I talk to people now about NFTs, it gives me very similar vibes. And I fucked up the first time. I first found out about Bitcoin when it was at $14. You told me about it. You said I told you, you know, about it, right. That's you know, the crazy man, I part. Like, I told I Swan about it. I love this show because uh, I, I, I deal with black geniuses, man. I got it. Rashid, Rush, and X, three black geniuses. Yo, like I, I got, I got to big you guys up. And I'm talking, I'm talking to you about it, and I'm like, man, I think there's gonna be something here, but I never took, I never jumped off the porch. I didn't take the risk, and I regret that decision. I live with it, but I regret it all the time because I'm like, man, like it was right there in front of my face, and I'm constantly learning different things in the space. And lately, I've just been eating up everything I can about NFTs, about NFTs, but particularly, I think even in a bull, I mean, in a, um, in a bear market, I think these are, these are ways that you can make money within crypto that you can start to accumulate value within crypto. Especially if you have, if you have Bitcoin, you have Bitcoin, you can collateralize it and get digital fucking real, bro. Look, listen, bro. Listen, bro. We got to talk offline, but listen, this is, listen, poor, uh, passing over opportunities repeatedly. We're not about to do that. Right, right. We, we, we're not about we're not. to do that. Well, yo, what's, what's on your watch list? Let's wrap this. What's on my watch list? Sand. Yeah. <laughs> Continues to okay. be on watch list. It's, it's doubled. Uh, I know we were talking about privacy blockchains. Enigma, which is now secret. They were touching on this because there are businesses that want to conduct in private certain transactions that they're I think secret, there's an opportunity there. Now, where it will go, I'm not sure. I, I tapped out from the Enigma project uh, back in early 2018, but I'm putting it back on my watch list just because I do believe there's gonna be a need here to have like privacy blockchains. Um, Matic. <laughs> Matic has become more important than ever. Going stupid. Right? It's we got become- the smooth, we got the smooth six X in Matic too this week. Yeah, right. and more to come. More to come. And I think Maddox probably gonna hit a dollar, maybe more. I, I could definitely see hitting a dollar. Really? I could definitely yeah. see him hit a dollar. Wow. Yeah. I could see it again getting list uh, a mainstream listing, either Gemini or uh, Coinbase, Coinbase in the near yeah, future. I could see, see Coinbase listing. That. And then uh, it, it hitting at least like 60, 70 cents, and then going up to a dollar during the bull run because people catching one. Yo. Maybe more, maybe more, maybe two dollars. I don't want to. I don't want to say. I feel like a dollar is conservative. Right. Uh, I have to. I mean, just because I'm, I'm, I'm 
getting knee deep in this shit, Decentraland, Mana. I mean, seeing that, seeing that grayscale file in Delaware for a, a Mana Trust, it's like, damn, okay. Out of all the different projects you could choose from, I mean, it's not that many at all, but chose Mana, right? And we saw the drive up of Ethereum's price once Grayscale opened back up their trust. So, they, so, 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 so I don't want people to conflate that because the the Grayscale trust is an indicator, but it's a legal process. So the thing is, yeah. the thing is, from their perspective, if they want to hold any altcoin, they have a bunch of regulatory hoops to jump through. It takes way longer to jump through the regulatory hoops than it takes um, than the markets can move. So the, what I'm trying to say is the markets will move way, way faster than they can actually jump through the regulatory hoops when they actually make the decision that they want to buy. So I think a lot of this is preemptive in terms of looking at what's out there that's potentially interesting. Let's go ahead and set up the shell companies and, you know, we'll decide what what we want to buy, how much, you know, but we need to have this legal piece set, set up first. So I don't think this necessarily means they're going to be heavy into any of these coins. Yeah, I think this is sort of checking boxes. No, I would agree with that. But obviously, I'm, I'm looking. It's good. It's it's, yeah. it's nice to see, but it's it's. Uh, I think it sometimes gets a little overinflated because in it the makes community. me. This is true, it, but it makes me curious as to are institutions play, paying attention to you know these metaverses as well. I mean, Absolutely. We see Mark Cuban talking about it. We see Chama talking about it. Bro, this is like, good. This is it. The metaverse this is one of those opportunities there. where it's like, you well, we gotta get in now before the rest of the world really figures this shit out. No, no, you're right. You're right. I, I I finally understand it. Um, I think a lot better. And now I just need to figure out like, all right, how do I get smart about this space and educate myself? Cool. All right, man. I um any shout outs? I mean, shout out to Danny uh for producing and, and mastering and mixing out our show every week. Word. I got I got a shout out for podcast too, Black by Default. It's pretty hey. good. Hey. Yeah. Like go subscribe. Yeah, go subscribe to that. Um so on my watch list, one one thing I want to put on my watch list is option room. This is a newer token. Um option room. Yeah, Oracle's is a service. Um and eventually will be decentralized synthetic asset platform. So a, a baby synthetics, like 30 million, 40 million dollar market cap. So that's one that I'm looking at. It launched on Poker Starter about a week ago. You can get it on Uniswap. So Okay. Can I get it on Poker Starter? No, the, the pre-sale already happened. Oh was it called option room? Option room. Room is the token. Oh, room? Yeah, R-O-O-M. Okay, R-O-O-M. Yo, shout out to Rook, by the way. Wow. That was another one you called out, Shishadamus. Uh, when did you get into that? Like, what, what price did you get into that? I feel like I got in around like 300 or something. So, like, I'm not too hype yet. I'm not too hyped. Oh, you're out of it. Yeah, I'm already out. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm in. So, Rook is another one that I really like because they actually have a lot of fees. Like they, they're making a lot of revenue. Like it's like the, they have like the fourth highest fees paid out of all DeFi projects. Where do you- I get option room at. Wait, where do you find the rankings for, um, for fees? Doing analytics. 
D-U-N-E Analytics. D-U-N-E Analytics? Yeah. They have a lot of Ethereum sort of like on-chain analytical yeah. data for dApps. Hold on. Oh, man. Litecoin is coming up from the dead, man. It's over, two, over 200 now. Yeah, but But before you win it, we're about to give the outro X. Yeah, you, you got anything else? No, nah, no, nah, that's it, bro. Oh, okay. Um, I think I, I leave people with this. Uh, taxes are not being pushed back this year by the IRS. Uh, if you got those crypto gains from last year, make sure you pay your taxes off. Or file an extension and roll them into the bull market. Mm. Mm. Hey, right now, think, okay, one more thing on this metaverse thing. Oh my God. There's no property taxes. That's all I got to say. Hey. <laughs> there's, there's no property taxes. Oh, and with that, remember that investment in securities, crypto can involve great risk. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Uh, please do your own research and consult with the licensed financial advisor before purchasing stock, digital currencies, or any other alternative assets. We'll be back next week, and with that, we out. Peace. Peace, people. Peace. Scorpion bricks, way before Orbeez double disc, 40 on my lap, clap, sound like 40 did the mix, filled the base, sip coat, like a Michelin star chef, chef, kiss to my wrist, I go dummy with my left, I arrest on my dick, try to audit all my checks, too late, you know they hate when you become more than they expect, you let them crack a storm, your capital put their feet up on your desk, and yeah, you talking tough to me, I lost all my little respect, I'm selling weed, in the open, bringing folks home from the feds, I know the payback gonna be mean, I'm saving all my little bread, pray for me, y'all, one day I'ma have to pay for these thoughts, real niggas, is this thing. It ain't safe for me, my dog. They killing niggas in they own hood. That makes sense to you at all. You burnt your bridge to the other side. You know you can't swim across. Y'all know niggas can't swim. They fried my after you die. Y'all know niggas can't win. You never land. No joke aside. I arrived on the day Fred Hampton got murdered. Hold up. Assassinated just to clarify further. What y'all gave birth is the chairman mixed with Jeff Ford. Big step on the jet with my legs crossed. Black stones on my neck. Y'all can't kill Christ. Black Messiah is what I feel like. Shit ain't gon' stop cause y'all spill blood We gon' turn up even more since y'all kill cuz this is what it feels like And this is what it feels like And this is what it feels like